From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serra. Thanks for inviting me into your home. Long-haul truck, RV, camper, taxi, your parents' well-appointed basement with the simulated wood paneling, electric fireplace, and the painting of dogs playing poker, your loft, that greasy spoon just off the interstate, and your cabin in the woods. Uh, Joseph Lorendo is a simple, unassuming New Englander who strung together a lifetime of remarkable coincidences, many of them involving rock concerts and meteor showers, full moons, and the weather. He's published his memoir. It's called Cosmic Coincidences, and he's jo- and he joins me this hour. If you have a remarkable coincidence to share, uh, we'll make the phone lines available to you as well a little bit later this hour. All right, let's meet the man at the center of this remarkable story, shall we? Hey, Joe, how are you? Hey, I'm great, Richard. Thanks for having me. It's an honor and it's a privilege. It's uh, been a busy week and uh, there's been a lot going on in my life, so uh, high anxiety at this, for, for some reason, but I'm looking forward to uh, uh, going over a few of the, uh, well, some of the big, big stories, which I consider miracles. And there are some tragedies. I think the book shows a life, uh, it's a lessons in li- life, but life and death. So there's some tragedies, but there's some fun stories in it. And I know I only got an hour, so I kind of like to, to get to them in, in kind of a succession, uh, trying to, uh, try to get through it quickly, if that's all right with right. you. Right. Yeah, I'd, I'd like I'd like to begin with with uh, Concord, New Hampshire. Is that is that currently home? Do you live in Concord? No, but I live close. To, I live in Laconia, which is Bike Week uh, city. You might ring a bell. Uh, every everybody around here knows. You know, uh, motorcyclists know Laconia as uh, the original Bike Week uh, Bike Weekend okay. Motorcycle Weekend. It's changed now. Now it's Bike Week. So All right. So when you you're, when you first arrived in in uh, Concord, New Hampshire, I, I'd like to start there because there was a string of incidents, uh, items in the news, uh, f- uh, fairly prominent uh, items in the news that all sort of kind of revolve around Concord, New Hampshire, uh, in and around the time that you arrived there. Let's uh, let's let's begin there. I think you were you, your first day working at a hospital. In uh, yeah, Concord, yeah, and, and uh, you know, it was new new to New Hampshire because I moved up here from Fall River, Massachusetts, and so anything that was national news in my local area was a big thing. So um, it was January of 1985, where you may recall Bernard Getz, the subway vigilante in New York, had shot several people, uh, and he turned himself in because it was, they were looking for him and nobody knew who he was, but he ended up turning himself into the Concord Police Station. Uh, and it was on January 1st, on New Year's Day, I believe. And, so he made uh, his way from New York down to Concord, New Hampshire, and that's where he turned himself in. Yeah, yeah, and I thought okay. that was fascinating because I'm living in the area, I'm new here, and I said, gee, look at that, a big news story, you know, in our local area. And so, you know, 12 months go by, December comes along, and I, I accepted a job in December uh, at the Concord Hospital, second shift floor maintenance. And uh, the guy who was training me said, hey, look out the window. And I did. And he says, there's a hearse out there. And I didn't think nothing of it. It's a hospital. And he said, uh, a teenage boy was shot by police in the hallway of Concord High School today. And he, he died. And I was, that's a big story. So I, and it was my first day. 
at my new job, and I so how do you, you know, it, it makes it easy to remember uh, you know, what happened because I worked there. So I, when I got home, uh, I said, hey, put the news on because, you know, this is a big story. So it, it's interesting, you know, in, indirectly involved me, not really, you know, I mean, sort of, whatever. So I uh, would go uh, about eight weeks after that, which is January 86, uh, Krista McAuliffe in the Space Shuttle Challenger from Concord High School. Of course, we all know uh, the Ch- Space Shuttle Challenger disaster. And so I said to people, isn't that an unusual, you know, close proximity to two tragedies? First, you have a student who police shot in the hallway, and the story was he had been drinking. He was a former student, so he wasn't a current student, but for whatever reason, he came back in the hallway and had a shotgun or something, and you know, the police shot him, killed him. And I said, so you have a student who dies in the Concord, Hospital, uh, Concord High School hallways by police. And now, t- today it seems weird. It seems even stranger today because it, 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 didn't, it wasn't as common back then. It, so it was a bigger story. Today we have these school shootings that are uh, at too, all too common in, in supermarkets and churches. So uh, back then, it, it, you know, shootings were common, but not like they are today, it doesn't seem. But anyway... I said, for, for, for an eight-week period, you have a student who's killed in the high school. And then you have a space shuttle challenger teacher from the school. And one of the biggest stories probably of the century, you know, it's right up there. <laughs> and I said, it's just uh, seems strange that they were so close together. I mean, people don't get shot in a Concord High School every day. And so it's a... Uh, it just seemed like we had Bernard Getz brings in 1985, and then at the end of 85, the young man is killed in the high school. And I said, gee, there was two big stories within a year. And then make it bigger story was the Kristen McAuliffe story. So I thought, gee, Concord in, in about a year's time had these three really big stories. And those are like a life and death story, which I say the some of the most of all the stories in the book that I wrote uh, reflect on life. And, and, and try to, to show people that, it, that they need to appreciate life a little more, and the other stories um, actually add to that. So uh, one of the things that I, I like to tell people was, well, the book was written in three sections. The first section was only 100 pages, and the second section was about 100 pages, and the third section was 100 pages. So I actually finished the book three times, and I was putting it away for good. The first section was really to leave to my kids. It was just the family story and a few supernatural things that happened to me so that I could leave them someday. And once I finished that, things kept happening. So I'd add a chapter. And then I know sooner I'd add a chapter and I'd add another chapter because something else. And the next thing I know, I've, I've had just updated it uh, December 2020 uh, with the last update. Anything I write now is going to be a book two. But the, the thing I mentioned to people was in 1978, my last sibling was born, and she was my seventh sister. I have an older sister, and then is me, and then I had six younger sisters. So I had seven sisters. It didn't dawn on me at the time, but people would always say, Joe, hey, Joey, I heard you got seven sisters now, seven sisters. I hear people, hey, how many sisters you got now, seven? And so I heard that a lot, and when I used to watch... Uh, channels like Nova, PBS, and space stories about the stars and stuff. And I learned about the Pleiades. And the Pleiades being 
the name of the seven sisters in Greek mythology. So I always look up at that star cluster. It's special to me. It feels like I have a special connection to it. And that starts the book. That's the beginning of the coincidences because I've always felt that I had that connection with the Pleiades. Next, I'd like to discuss the Ringo Starr concert and how this sort of unfolded. You were listening to, you used to listen to this particular radio station in New England, and uh, it would offer listeners a chance to win tickets to to these various concerts. So tell me about how you won tickets to Ringo Starr. This is in the late 80s, right? Yep, 1989. Now, I used to listen to, and I still do, I listen to a bunch of radio stations, so I'm always channel surfing. And that's how I find out what's going on in the area, if there's any special concerts coming or, uh, you know, giveaways, whatever. And working at the, as a dishwasher part-time, uh, we had the oldies channel on at work. And they advertised for the Ringo Star All-Star Band coming to the Kingston Fairgrounds on August 16, 1989. And um, I wanted to go to that, so I asked all my friends, and nobody really had the money to go, and I really didn't have the money to go, and I didn't even have a car. But it was Joe Walsh, Clarence Clemens, Billy Preston, Niles Lofgren, Rick Danko, Dr. John, Clarence Clemens, did I mention him? (laughs) Anyway, so I wanted to go, and nobody could go. We couldn't really go. We didn't have the money. But the second week of August, I hear the news people talking about a really good Perseid meteor shower this year. It was going to be one of the best 100 meteors an hour, and I had to work that night. So I changed my night with another worker. I worked Saturday. He was going to work uh, my night so that I could watch the meteor shower out in the field. And it turned out, we switched days, it ended up raining. So I had no media showers. I was disappointed. So I went to a friend's house, and they were going out, and they said if I wanted to hang, I could hang in their house. So I put the Red Sox on the television, and I put a different channel on, which was the classic rock channel uh, out of Manchester. And they came up with, they were going to give away several pairs of tickets to the Ringo Starr concert. So when they did, they wanted the first five callers, and I called, and I won a pair of tickets. So I was extremely excited because I took the night off to win to watch the media showers and it rained so I was disappointed very disappointed and it turned out better for me because the media showers didn't seem that important anymore I was going to go see Ringo Starr that I wanted to go and about an hour later they were giving away more tickets well I didn't have time to call my friends and tell them to listen or try to win I just said well I'll call and I used their name I won my friend a pair of tickets and the very next morning, I was getting up out of bed, and the morning show was giving away five pairs of tickets, and I called, and I told them I'd used a different name. I won my other friend a pair of tickets. Even though I feel that's a little sleazy, I'm sorry, but, you know, these people really wanted to go, and we were all broke. So anyway, I had to tell I told, told two of my friends that we got the, we're all going, six of us. You won and three all pairs of tickets. Six, well, three, pair, three pairs of tickets, you know. Right. And so I was so excited. And I was shaken, and I'm shaken now. <laughs> and I said, this is a miracle, because, it, you know, it, stuff like that don't happen that often. So a few days before the concert, we're getting ready. I'm at work, and I go get the newspaper out of the, 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 the newspaper machine in the hallway, and I'm taking my break, and on the front page is a picture of the moon. And it says, total lunar eclipse. 
August 16th. And I looking at that, and I'm saying, that's the night of the concert. So not only did I win the tickets because of the media showers, now there's going to be a full lunar eclipse at the concert, the outdoor concert. So now I thought I had a miracle before. Now this is multiplied, another coincidence. And I start telling all my friends, oh my God, there's going to be a full lunar eclipse while we're at the concert, you know. It's, and I still get shaken about it. And so, you know, we, we go, and I'm at the concert, and I'm shaken. I really am. And I am now, like I said. So we get to the concert, and this concert starts, and in, 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 um, uh, Ringo comes out, and he says, uh, uh, he, well, he sings, uh, Don't Come Easy, and we the first song. And then right, it, right after that song, he says, uh, he says, Joe just told me that at 9.15 there's going to be a total eclipse of the moon. And so if things get crazy, don't worry about it. That's exactly his words. But and he wasn't referring don't... to you, Joe. He was referring to Joe Walsh. <laughs> yeah, but my friends all looked at me because I was the guy going around telling them this is going to be a full moon. Right, right. You were the Joe that kept talking about the full the, the lunar eclipse. Yeah, yep. And so they, they looked at me funny, and it was just a precious moment, you know. But uh, and, and later on, he comes on after a few more songs, and he says, uh, uh, tonight's the 20th anniversary of Woodstock. Let's hear it for Woodstock, everybody. And, and he said, that was in a field, too. So here I am thinking, we're, at, we're on a, an anniversary, an exact anniversary of Woodstock in a field with a bunch of groups of seven different recording artists in this, in this band, just like Woodstock. And there's a full, total lunar eclipse happening. And we watched it. We could see the crowd looking up at the moon every so often in between songs and watch it. started at 9.15. We, we saw a total lunar eclipse during the Ringo Starr Star first tour. Unbelievable, you know. And then Billy Preston comes out at the end, uh, toward the end, the last few songs. And he says, how's everybody doing? How's everybody doing? And he says, uh, I'm going to dedicate the next one to the eclipse. And he sings, that's the way God planned it. Uh-huh. So I'm getting head rushes when I when I was there that night. I, I'm, I this is surreal. This can't be happening. Right. It's, it's as if he was talking directly to you. This is the way God plans it. Uh, yeah, maybe I'm inspired to write about it because something like that should be documented. I mean, when I can prove all those things happened, uh, nobody else is going to document it. It's, it would have been a waste if there were, if that's the way God did plan it. That would have been a waste to not document it. And have right, right. But, that, but, but Joe, there was another anniversary that night, August 16th. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't find that out that night. I found it out a, a couple of weeks later or something. I don't know when. It wasn't immediate. But later on, you know, I always think, well, that August 16th, Ringo Starr concert. But then I look in the paper and it say, anniversary, uh, Elvis's, Elvis died on August 16th. And I said, wait a minute, that's the day that I went to see that concert. So that was also the anniversary of the day Elvis died. It was 1989, so it was also the year, 20 years since Man on the Moon. Moon, like a, It was July 20th, something like that. July 20th, 1969, right. it was first Man on the Moon. So here we got, that relates to the eclipse, the moon. So the moon's shining down on us, 20-year anniversary, exactly on Woodstock's date of 
a concert. And like I said, seven, the way I won the tickets. And uh, later on, I found out that August 16th was also the day uh, Babe Ruth died. Which oh, I, I didn't know that. Didn't really, yeah, I, and it didn't really ma- matter at the time. It didn't seem like it was important. It had no really connection to music or anything. It was just, oh, you know, former Red Sox was traded to the Yankees. It has a slight New England connection to it, you know. So, uh, and there's a curse going on at the time, you know. There's a curse of the babe. So I don't know why I didn't think it, it didn't really have anything to but, uh, right. But the 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 location of the concert. What was it called again? Kingston Fairgrounds. Okay, so you've got the word King in there, and Elvis was the King of rock and roll. Hey, <laughs> that's a coincidence. See, and all those coincidences. People say, you know, if you can find coincidences if you look hard enough for them, and I say to them, yeah, but these coincidences were of such a magnitude, and there was so many of them all at the same time so people can make the argument to me oh that's just a bunch of coincidences yeah it is. all right i think we lost joe all right we'll get him back joseph lorendo cosmic coincidences a memoir of cosmic proportions and uh we're we're gonna step into a break here in just a few moments uh th- we're just getting started folks i mean this is just one of uh, well enough coincidences to fill an entire uh book and apparently he's working on uh he's working on other volumes cosmic coincidences much more to come stay right where you are right here on the conspiracy show my name is richard serrett back with more in a moment you're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett. And we're back with Joseph Lorendo from New England, and uh, he's filled an entire volume with uh, wonderful and enchanting coincidences, some of them uh, tragic, uh, many of them life-affirming, and many of them involve uh, attending rock concerts and weather phenomena and so forth, as we'll discover. So, Joseph, um, this radio station um, that that you you won three pairs of tickets. Yeah, uh, I mean, what are the odds of that? I mean, I don't know how big a, a town Manchester, New Hampshire, is where this radio station was, but you kept calling in, you kept winning tickets. It's almost yeah. like you know, divine it, intervention. There's yeah, it, but I mean, there's a lot of things that play into that, and I, the, uh, when I won tickets uh, in, in 2019 to Hall & Oates, I'll get to that, they were doing a promo called Win Them Before You Could Buy Them. They were giving away the tickets six months before the show. But the uh, Ringo star was a few days before the show. So I don't right, know if right. the venue figures, well, we got, we got plenty of seats. We're not probably going to sell every one of them. So they decided to give 20 pairs to the local radio station or whatever. And it wasn't pre-promoted. I didn't know they were giving away tickets. Or I would have been taking the night off to listen to the radio, not watch the media shows. But uh, right, right. So they didn't pre-promote now, you, it. And la- it years only- later, you won tickets to uh, to see Bad Company. Tell me about yeah. that. Yeah, it was the same thing. I was just sitting home, and and they had tickets for Bad Company with the damn Yankees, Ted Nugent and uh, Tommy Shaw of Sticks. And I, but the heck, I'd like to go to that, and I don't have the money, can't afford it. So I try to win and call a seven. So I'm living in Franklin, New Hampshire, and the the station I was happening to listen to was out of Portland, Maine, and the show was out of Portland, Maine. And like I said, I channel surf, but uh, so I win the tickets, and then uh, the name of the tour was Bad Company's Holy Water Tour, 
and the name of the album, you know, the promoting Holy Water, the name of the tour. And then I look at the day, and it's on Thursday, Holy Thursday, the day before Good Friday, the weekend of Easter. And Thursday, along with the ticket, I forget to mention, along with the ticket comes watching the uh, sound check and dinner backstage with the band. That's the way they, they, they promoted it. So we got backstage to have dinner. It was just a cafeteria, and it was a styrofoam takeout container with a lobster and, a, and an ear of <laughs> corn on it, which was fine. But I said, I put those two things together. I said, well, Holy Thursday is the Last Supper. And here I am. I never won. I won a lot of tickets on radio stations. I listen to radio a lot. And when they give tickets away and I can't afford to go, I give it a try. I usually win, but uh, most of the time. And so here I am having a dinner on uh, the day of the Last Supper and on a tour called the Holy Water Tour. So I thought, right, right. that's rather, you know, but... Um, when, when I was living in Franklin at around that time, shortly after that, actually, I saw in the newspaper that they were taking auditions for Godspell. They were doing uh, a play in Guilford, which is another town, not local, not really close to where I was living, but I had nothing to do. I said, what the heck, I'll go to audition, and I did. And that's where the mother of my children, at Godspell, at a church, um, Methodist church. But um, I had three beautiful, wonderful children, and to me... I went to that play because it was Godspell. I had no interest in doing anything like Fiddler in the Roof or Sound of Music. I would never. If it was Jesus Christ Superstar, Godspell, I said, what the heck, I'll go. I, I'm spiritual. I like, you know, I'm, I'm, I believe in God, so that would be a fun thing. And so I look at that, the, 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 the effort that I made to go to Godspell, to audition, actually is the reason I have children today, three beautiful teenagers, you know. So that's a right. big that's a big miracle to me. Well, and how did you, how did you meet your wife at Godspell? Was she running the auditions? No, she was in. She was one of the uh, one of the uh, theater players. You know, yeah. Just um, it was funny because you know I was single and I don't know anybody, and we did the show and it was fun. I've never done theater before, so I was just doing it for the heck of it. So these people had always been doing theater. A lot of them, mostly for twenty years or whatever. And I was—I just happened to show up, whatever. But um, uh, you know, I stuck around, and when people people left after the show, then I could see uh, the girls hanging around and talking, and and their husbands would come or something like that. And there were several girls there that you know didn't have. Uh, it seemed like they didn't have anybody there, you know. So I asked her if she'd go out for coffee, and we—and that's how we met, you know. But I always look at that. The thing about the Godspell concert, I shouldn't forget, the, the, the opening night was Friday the 13th, August 13th, which is right about the same time of the media showers. The Perseid media showers, 11th through the 13th. So it was during the Perseid media showers, 1993, four years after the Ringo concert. And then the concert went the 13th, 14th, and 15th, which is right around at the same time as the Ringo concert and, the, you know, not quite exactly right. to the day, but uh, it had very close proximity to. Uh... We think we've lost Joseph. His phone has died. Joseph Lorendo. Oh, dear. All right. Well, uh, you keep trying him, Carlos. We'll open up the lines here and uh, let's see if we can get some uh, some stories. Stories of coincidences. We've got Joseph Lorendo back. I don't know what's happening with your phone, Joseph, but um, I'm glad you're back with us. I'm so back. I just I just switched phones, so hopefully this will be a little better. All right. So you were talking about 
trying out, auditioning for Godspell, and that's how you met your wife. And, I mean, as you say, you had no experience in the theater. Whatever possessed you, do you remember what happened that night? You just decided, I'm going to go and try out for Godspell, and then you meet the mother of your children. Yeah, I just, I had time. You know, the rehearsals are in the evening. Um, I was laid off from the dishwashing job at the, at the, uh, the, the restaurant, so I was looking for work. I had nothing to do. And it, it was Godspell. So it would have been Godspell or Jesus Christ Superstar. I'd be interested. But I wasn't interested in if it had said Fiddle Around the Roof or Sound of Music. Right, right. It wouldn't have been anything I'd be interested in. But Godspell, hey, what the heck? I was trying to learn how to play guitar a little bit, trying to learn a little bit about music. I figured, what the heck? I could go to theater and see what happens, you know? And so, yeah, that's where I met her. Um, you know, I asked her out. We went for coffee and... Uh, Seven years later, we had a child, <laughs> and I live with them now. And um, so that's where I was mentioning it um, before I think we got lost, was um, I took my son, uh, August, uh, it was April of, of 2019, uh, the news station was giving away tickets to Hall & Oates. And I called, and I was the first winner on a news station, and I got that recording on Cosmic Coincidence, the book on Facebook, if you want to hear it. And um, we went to the show, and uh, Hall & Oates sang Man Eater, their first song, came out saying Man Eater, and the concert official came out and said, we're going to have to ask everybody in the lawn section to go in their cars because of the storm coming. And so people had to leave, and they delayed the concert for 45 minutes. And after 45 minutes, the concert official came out and said, we're going to cancel the show altogether because there's a storm coming. So me and Joey, disappointed, we won the tickets. We only see one song from Hall & Oates. We go back to the car. It starts pouring rain. We get soaking wet. We get to the car, and we're bummed out. We're disappointed. A couple of days later, he says to me, Dad, I was watching the Woodstock documentary on PBS. And on August 17, 1969, there was a storm that delayed the concert for four and a half hours. We were at a concert for Hall & Oates on August 17, 2019, where the show was delayed for 45 minutes and then canceled. Fifty years exactly, the same thing happened on Woodstock. Can you hear me? There you go. Yes, I can. can so what do you think that's, what is that all about? Why does this happen? Well, that, you know, it, it, I, think, I think it's to get people to pay attention to the book. And the first page of the book, the first page of the book I put down that I asked people to follow along and check, check the facts and check the dates for themselves. What and, I'm asking you, Joe, is why does it happen to you when you're there? What, what's, what, what, is, what is it all about? We'll, I'll, we'll just leave that as a rhetorical question for the moment because we'll take a time out. We'll come back and uh, discuss further. Joseph Lorendo, Cosmic Coincidences, a memoir of cosmic proportions. Back with more in a moment. Stay with us. Different views make great conversation. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Joseph Lorendo stays with us from New Hampshire, the author of Cosmic Coincidences. So before the break, Joseph, I was asking you, why do these things happen to you? Yeah. What's, what, what's the point of all this? Well, see, now, when the book started out, it was supposed to be just a family book for my kids, and it mentioned the Ringo Starr concert and meeting their mother at Godspell. 
Now, once the book was that point, it seemed like there had been stuff kept happening so that I kept adding to the book. And, and, and that is another thing. And it draws more attention to the Ringo Starr concert because of all those coincidences were 20-year anniversary of Woodstock. And now I'm at Hall & Oates on the exact 50th anniversary, and the same thing happens with the delay that happened at, at Woodstock. And we get caught in the rain, we get soaked. So now, it turned out to be, I, it, I'm happy that the show was canceled now because it made a chapter, and I'm enjoying having that chapter more than I would have enjoyed sitting and watching the show. So it gave me a bigger story than just going to the show. Right, and, but what is the point? Why is this happening, do you think? Why do we have these coincidences, and why, why is it happening to you? Well, I think, I'm, I think I was inspired to write these things down. And I think if there's a higher power, people call them God, I like to call it cosmic love and universal love, something up there is trying to document these things so they don't be swept away. They, they were big enough to be remembered. And the Hall & Oates concert works with the Ringo Starr because it adds to it. So that makes it more interesting that a, a bigger story like that uh, right. The the other story was when when we were talking about the Ringo Starr concert and with the anniversary of, of of Babe Ruth died on that same day. Uh, we go to 2004, and because we live in New England here, uh, most people here are Red Sox fans, and we were going with the 86 year curse for the longest time, and uh, misery here in New England. But, but the faithful followers stayed fans and. In 2004, uh, the Yankees won the first three games of the playoffs against the Red Sox, so it looked like the Red Sox no, they, were going to No, be. they were the You said they won it against the Red Sox. They won it against the Yankees, right? Right. The Yankees won the first three games of the playoffs ah. against the Red Sox. Got so it. The Red Sox had their backs up against the wall. The Red Yankees only needed one more win. The Red Sox had to win four straight Never been be done before in Major League Sports history that any teams come back from 3-0 and in a seven-game series. And the Red Sox did it. They won for four games, and it was, of course, uh, one of the biggest upsets in sports history if you're a Yankee fan and one of the biggest uh, comebacks if you're a Red Sox fan. But then the Red Sox went and played St. Louis for the World Series, and the Red Sox swept St. Louis the four games, becoming the only team to win eight straight postseason games but on the eighth game or the fourth game of the world series when they were breaking the 86 year old curse october 27th 2004 there was a full lunar eclipse happening over st louis over new england we watched it we could see it i looked on tv the, the cameraman would zoom in on it i'd look out my window i could see it and i would tell my kid's mother because she knew the she knew the the ringo star story and I'm saying, hey, this is a full lunar eclipse happening, and they're showing it on TV. And the Red Sox are winning the fourth game of the World Series. They're breaking an 86-year-old curse that everybody's the curse of the babe. And there's the connection to the Ringo Starr. August 16th, Ringo, uh, Babe Ruth died on that day. But here's the, here's the Red Sox breaking an 86-year-old curse with a full lunar eclipse. Right. Now, it's wouldn't it have been something if someone put up on the scoreboard... That's the way God planned it. <laughs> I think that's what I was thinking, because I said, hey, you know, nobody would have expected 
the Red Sox to come back from from being down that that far in the way that they did. It was an incredible story. So that's a chapter in the book. You know, in- I want to ask you about your, your, the birth of your son because uh, there's an interesting story here uh, that involves John Denver. Yeah, it's a couple of stories that involve John. I was looking, flipping through it before, and he's got several mentions in there. Was he? He was the original. Uh, civilian in space before Krista McAuliffe, and they changed that at some point and decided to go with the teacher in space. So, he, so John Denver originally was scheduled to go on the Challenger. Yeah, 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 and then he was interesting. Uh, and, yeah, and, and then um, and then I had his CD in my car when I was picking up my son who was newborn and we're taking him home, and I had the song "Sunshine on My Shoulders" just for. Uh, I don't know. Makes you feel good. It's a good song. I'd like to, you know, uh, play it on the way home. So, yeah. And Can you, you tell me about the nurse. Yeah. Okay. And there. And then. So when I was leaving, and we were getting all our stuff together, I said, "The nurse, thank you. You've been very, very helpful, and uh, appreciate all you." And I said, "What's your name, anyway?" And she said, "My name's Sunshine." And I said, "Well, that's nice because I got sunshine on my shoulders in the car, in the cassette radio, ready to play." when we drive out of here so you know i mean it's not a huge there's a lot of personal coincidences in the book like that but you like i said i try to get those big ones out first because right so you so here you are you're you're about to take your son home from the hospital you thought it would be nice to queue up sunshine on my shoulders by john denver to play that to your new baby on the drive home yeah you go into the hospital (laughs) pick up your son and the nurse's name is also Sunshine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's kind of fun. Uh, you know, and like I said, I think I mentioned that there's some people that call it a God wink when you have something like that happen to you. But the, like the concert stories that we just talked about are something supernaturally huge, not a God wink, like a personal thing. But I did put my personal God winks in between these huge, what I consider national stories of interest, you know the concerts. The oh. mir- I call them miracles. So, I mean, All right, Joseph, we'll take another time out. We'll come back and uh, right. uh, finish up here. Joseph Lorendo, Cosmic Coincidences, a memoir of cosmic proportions, still waiting for your coincidences at 416-360-0740 and 1-866-740-4740. Shaking the world and seeing what falls. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett. Show Me the Truth 74 has a story in the uh, YouTube live chat. He writes, I woke up and appreciated being alive and thought about one time I got T-boned, obviously a car accident, and how that wouldn't happen again. I went shopping later that day and came within an angel's wing of being T-boned Again, there you go, an angel perhaps watching over him, an angel's wing, how appropriate. All right, Joseph Lorendo is with us from New Hampshire, and uh, the uh, the book is yeah. Cosmic Coincidences. Uh, Joseph, uh, what about uh, the, uh, the the band Kiss? There's a chapter in the band, uh, in the book about Kiss. What, what, yeah. what was the coincidence revolving around that band? Well, there's several, let's see, uh... When, when, like, Joey's first song was Sunshine on My Shoulders that he ever heard in his life, but when he was two and a half years old, he liked 
Neil Diamond concert that we played, and he liked the Wiggles. And one day I found a Kiss DVD, or actually a VHS tape of 1978 Kiss in uh, uh, Tokyo. And I played it for him, and he liked it. So he's two and a half years old, and he's rocking up to Kiss. So one day I hear on the radio that Kiss is coming to Mansfield, Massachusetts, and he's uh, he's only three and a half. But I said they might retire, so we took him. Took him. This I got pictures in the book of Joey rocking out at a Kiss concert. Wait a minute, you won tickets again? No, no, I bought them. Oh, you I, bought them? Okay. Yeah, and I won those. I, I mean, I might have said one by accident, but anyway, uh, we we took him. He was only. Two, uh, three and a half years old, and I got pictures in the book of him. We went to that concert because we don't know if Kiss was going to be around when he was old enough, you know. But they've been around, so there was. Um, uh, so that started. That was his first. Well, we've seen him three or four times after that. But in 2019, in March, they're going on their farewell tour, and we decided let's go because it's the last chance we get to see Kiss. Let's go to Boston. We'll see him in Boston. So we bought tickets. And we got the last seats. There was nobody behind us. We had a brick wall. We were as far back as you could go. Bad seats, you could say. But with all those big screens that they have up there and the spectacle that Kiss puts on, that's not a bad seat. It was pretty good. <laughs> we don't mind. And then my youngest son wanted to come, so we had to get him a ticket. So we went. I got him a ticket. So we all go to see Kiss. We get there early. And we're walking around Boston Garden. There's nobody there yet. We get on an elevator. And there's two guys in, unif- in, in suits holding guitar cases, and the young 35-ish, mid-30 looking. And I joked, I said, hey, I wonder if that's, uh, I wonder that Gene and Paul's guitars in those cases. And the guy says to me, matter of fact, this is Paul Stanley's guitar. <laughs> and I, we looked at each other, me and Joe, my, my son Louie, and he says, you want to see one? And we said, yeah, yeah. So he opened the guitar. And we're looking at it. It's Paul Stanley's guitar. So here we are in the elevator with Paul Stanley's guitar. And it's a special thing, you know. You don't get that close to Paul Stanley's guitar, especially when you get seats that are all the way in the back. So a little later on, I said, thank you. I patted him on the back. And a little while later, we get back on the elevator. And there's another guy there with a clipboard. And he goes, uh, you guys like Kiss? He said, yeah. And you want a pick? We got a guitar. I'll give you a guitar pick. So he gives my son a guitar pick from Tommy Thayer. So... That was a set of coincidences, you know. Here we are, uh, just going to see Kiss, you know. We happen to get on the, the elevator. But then in 2020, in February, they come to Manchester, New Hampshire. So we said, why don't we go see them? You know, they're here. They're in our home. They're in our home. <laughs> so we go see them again, me, just me and Joe. And at the end of the concert, they sh- they're shooting off these confetti bombs and... I get hit in the back of the neck with a confetti bomb from the confetti cannon. I was just, it's a long story, but it's in the book, and the details are funny. But um, I don't know. It's just been a lot of fun stuff. But there are tragedies that I wanted to mention, too, because, um, uh, you know, it's not all fun and games. The book's not all happy coincidences. Are you still there? All right. Share yes, share a few tragedies then if you'd like. Yeah, well, there was a when 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 Joey was in Little League, there was a woman that we knew, her son was on the team and she used to volunteer coach. And in 2019, it's June 21st, uh there was a tra- tragic motorcycle accident and seven 
motorcyclists were killed. They were driving together as a group, and a vehicle over state over went the the, the the line in the road, and it was a tragedy. And they all died, and it was sad. We knew we we weren't friends with her, but it was an acquaintance of ours. And it was I, I thought about putting it in the book at the end, a little memorial like for these people. And a couple of weeks go by, and then I look at the date again. It was June 21st, 2019, and that particular day was the summer solstice. And I started reading about the summer solstice, and there's a lot of spiritualness to ancient civilizations that worship the sun and the summer solstice as a day of rebirth and a day of renewing or changing your uh, uh, being uh, uh, spiritual and, and Un- unbelievable descriptions, and I thought, well, these, this tragedy happened on summer solstice. So now I can add it to the book because it didn't have anything to do with cosmic coincidences that I knew of, and then now it does. So I just put two pages in there, a real short chapter, just to mention the fact that these people were lost on the summer solstice in 2019. So it's a sad story. Um, there's, you know, another sad story of a little boy who was lost in the woods, and that was 2003. And uh, his birthday was, he was, ten, he was turning 10 years old on October 12th. That happened to be the day that John Denver died, by the way, uh, in his tragedy. But this little boy was celebrating his birthday on October 12th, and he got lost in the woods. And it was during the playoffs, the Red Sox and Yankees. And I went to work, and there was a guy there who was, uh, I don't call him a Yankee fan, he was a Red Sox hater. So he enjoyed tormenting Red Sox fans, whatever. But I'd come to work, and I knew that this little boy was lost in the woods, and every night I'd see on the news that they hadn't found him, and they hadn't found him, and it was actually five days before, and he didn't survive. Uh, But that put my perspective changed about... The, the playoffs and the sports are really not that important. And for me to well, go to work every, no. every, every night and, and discuss Boston, Red Sox or baseball, and there's this little boy lost in the woods. So that was 2003, and that happened to be the same year that the old man of the mountains crashed to the ground. Uh, New Hampshire's known for old man of the mountain rock formation up on... Uh, up in Franconia Notch, and in May, it was May 3rd, May 3rd of uh, 2003, the old man of the mountains came crashing down, and this little boy was lost October 12th, 2003. And like I said, when I went to work and I discussed with this fellow I worked with, sports, it seemed so unimportant. And that's the lesson I took from that. Can you still hear me? Yes, I can. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, and so, when the Red Sox went into the World Series in 2004, even though that it was a big thing with the lunar eclipse, it was always in my heart that, and, and that's what the lesson, I think, in that story was, and that's the chapter before the Red Sox championship story. It's the 2003 story. The Red Sox lost to the Yankees in seven games playoffs. But I'm going to work, and I'm listening to this guy who's a Red Sox hater, uh, you know, harass me or uh, making fun of the Red Sox and oh God, going on and on. And I just came, it was a third shift, it was a third shift job, so it was late at night. And I catch a 10 o'clock news on my way to work, I get to work at 11. 
and they still hadn't found the boy. And when I opened the door at work for a couple of days, it was heavy, pouring rain, cold, wet, windy, heavy weather. And I remember saying to that guy, they don't find that little boy. Uh, you know, it doesn't look good. And, you know, like I said, five days they found him. And it's sad. I added that story to the book for perspective. Right, um, right. What, what, what I was going through, didn't, and it had nothing to do with me, but the Red Sox didn't have any importance to me at that point. And so that's why I had to add that chapter. Uh, this, don't like these coincidences about. are still going on, right? You're still, I mean, are you thinking about writing a second volume? Yeah, well, see, now the book that I just f- finished, um, it, it wraps up with COVID-19. I mentioned how it seemed like a lot of these things um, were a prelude to the COVID-19, the racial tensions, um, and so I, I added bits and pieces um, if we, if we if if one of the Red Sox set of coincidences that I can mention quick like was Bill Buckner died on May on March thirty first twenty nineteen and that was sad we all know what Bill Buckner is and then on May thirty first Godzilla it comes to the movie theaters and in the movie Godzilla destroys Boston and he also destroys Fenway Park. So I mentioned that in the book, and that was May 31st that that movie was All right, and for those that don't know, Bill Buckner uh, was playing with the the Red Sox in 1986 when the uh, the Mets won the World Series, and of course, the the Red Sox were close, they came close, but that ball went bouncing down the first baseline, should have been an easy out, went right through poor Bill Buckner's legs, he he never lived that down for the rest of his life. We are out of time, Joseph, Um, Cosmic Coincidences, available on Amazon, I'm I'm guessing? Yes, Amazon, there's another book called Cosmic Coincidences, more of a science and astronomy book. But mine's called uh, uh, Cosmic Coincidence, a Memoir of Cosmic Proportions. And you can find the link on Facebook at Cosmic Coincidences, the book. But just before I wrap up, after that Godzilla story, May 31st, that, that destroyed Fenway Park, Godzilla in the movie, June 6th, a week later, Big Poppy gets shot in the back. If you remember hearing that story, down in uh, Puerto Rico, wherever it was there, the, uh, so we had the big, Bill Buck died on, on March thirty uh, first, and then, and then Big Poppy gets shot in the back on June sixth. So I you'll have to explain in. who Big Poppy is. He's a he was the first baseman with the Red Sox. Um, he had designated hitter, and he's considered probably one of the best right. clutch hitters in baseball. And okay, we've got to go, Joseph. We are out of time, but thank, hey, you, thank, thank you, you for hanging out for the hour. Appreciate it. Thank you very much, Richard. All right, Joseph Lorendo. Uh, My thanks to Ryan and Carlos back next week with the great Joseph Farrell. Not sure what we're going to talk about or for how long, but it'll be good. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark speak of the light. What I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite. I'm coming home. Good night. Good night.